Light Snow Jobs Nation. We are back with episode six of the Dustings for you. As always, I'm joined by the best co-host in the league, Jeremy Lindstrom from Glacier Snow Management, who is about to get absolutely crapped on by Mother Nature. Jeremy, how you doing, bud? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. We it's snowing a little bit, but I don't think we're gonna get what they was talking. You know how they oh. hype these big storms up and they don't mount to shit. So dry slot. Maybe it's all melting so far, so. No worries, that's, nothing we can't handle. Not last week, so be careful. <laughs> oh, I ain't worried. Nothing we can't handle, but we do. And speaking of that, we have a great show for you today, gang. We have Brandon Riley from LADC back with us again this week, and he's going to continue with that hot-button topic he started last week, which is snow insurance for snow management professionals. But that's not all, gang. He has brought along a special guest to talk to us all. His name is Ryan Steele. He's from the insurance company Marsh McLennan, and he is graciously giving all of us his valuable time to hopefully answer some questions and lay out the snow insurance game for us a little bit. Uh, Ryan, welcome to the Snow Jobs. We are extremely happy to have you with us today, and welcome whatever information you'd like to pass on to us snow management professionals out there. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. So tell us a bit about yourself and how you got into the insurance biz. So uh, before we get into it, we'll get some background on you there. Anything you want to tell us? Sure. I think like a lot of people, you grow up and you don't think you're going to end up being in insurance. And that's kind of how I ended up. Um, I just kind of fell into it. So I went to school in Southern Minnesota here. I graduated in 2012. um, And I went to go work for a direct writing insurance company called Federated Insurance. I was there for just under seven years. And I've I've been at the MMA or Marsh McLennan agency for a little over four years now. And yeah, so I've been here about I've been in the industry about eleven years now, and my focus is primarily in the construction space and have experience in the, you know, the I'd say facility services or snow and ice management space as well. So, awesome, yeah, great. So why don't you, since we're dealing with a lot of younger snow professionals that are listening and had most of these questions out here, why don't you lay out like start from scratch with you want snow insurance, you they come into you. What do they need to do to make themselves insurable? What do you want to see from them? You know, lay it out for us a little bit, if you don't mind. Sure. I think the first word that comes to my mind is is getting or organization and documentation, I would say, from an insurability aspect. So any broker, any insurance carrier, they're going to want detail. They're going to want to know basically who the company is, what you do your footprint, they're going to want to know sales, they're going to want to look at your safety program, they're going to want to look at basically spreadsheets. So for a lot of my clients, I create a a vehicle schedule, an equipment schedule, and a driver schedule. Those things are paramount. I I would say getting organized. I would say my experience in 10 to 12 years, the folks that come in and they're disorganized with their insurance, it just, it, it makes the process a lot harder. So I think that's the start is just getting organized. And then I would know, especially in your industry and, you know, the overarching theme with why insurance is so hard, it's the, it's the risk transfer. Um, so I think it's being able to articulate to your broker, who's going to articulate to the insurance marketplace or the carriers. And, you know, there's not a ton of them really anymore. And in, in what you're doing, depending on how much snow and snow and ice is of kind of the piece of pie of what you're doing. But yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing. So yeah, that, and that's a big deal. I think that you just mentioned is it's harder and harder to find somebody that's going to insure snow management guys. For sure, yeah. it's it's yeah, it's become it's becoming harder and harder for insurance carriers 
in general to price your risk profitably. You know, I, and I think it's really dependent on the clientele, but I, you know, I think we'll get to it, but um, like big box retail, you're essentially asking your insurance carrier to price the liability plus the umbrella and take on the slip and fall risk for a, a much larger operation in the riskiest months of the year and transfer, at least in my experience, and transfer that onto a much smaller entity and try to make it price effective for not only them, but like you guys as well in like maintaining your costs every year. And that's, that's really, really challenging or becoming really challenging. So I, I would say just from my perspective, you know, I'm not saying anything about any insurance carriers, just from my perspective and my experience, there's just fewer and fewer people that are interested in writing it. So. Gotcha. So the, go ahead, Brent. Which, you know, like I've had people, cause I threw out a thing saying, well, you know, if you could, if they could talk to you direct, what would they say? And people, there's, there's a lot of guys out there that just do the residential side sure. and yet their numbers are still doubling and their contracts don't have that contractual language that's being pushed off to them, but their insurance is still doubling. You know, and they still have high premiums. They still have all the same factors. Is it just because the plague of, and you know, indemnification held harmless is is so bad that it's it's it, whether you do have a residential you know contract or a, a commercial or you know whatever it is that's pushing that language off is it it's plagued it so bad now that it doesn't matter? Yeah, is it just the word snowplow? Tax seventy five percent on you know if you hear the word snowplow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's seventy five, but yeah, it's typically a lot more expensive. And that's another point too when you're getting organized. Um, a lot of the underwriters that I've talked to now, they want to see the actual um, the actual contracts between you and your customers to see what they're getting themselves into because that's smart. You know, from my perspective, you know, if you're dealing with a big box retailer. You know, you get the claim or, you know, XYZ retailer gets the claim and then their third party administrator, you just get a letter from them uh, from like a Sedgwick or something and they just shove it down or just slip it onto you guys. And, you know, you send it to your carrier and they and they defend it. And um, yeah, you know, just do contractually you have, you know, waiver subrogation, hold harmless, additional insured. It's just they kind of control it. So they kind of control the whole claims process and you guys kind of eat it so to speak, just from my perspective. Yeah. Oh yeah. We take it. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. And is that like, like Brandon brought up that contractual language has to, has to change. And uh, he mentioned it in the previous episode that. <laughs> Sorry. Your dog doesn't really like it either. Yeah. Uh, I got yeah. German yeah. shepherds. And he doesn't he like, like that. Got he, doesn't out. Like, he doesn't like the insurance either. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a super fun topic with anybody I talk to. The contractual language, though, uh, does it have to change at, like, the state government level? Does it have to ch – is it just the snow professional that, you know, is getting screwed by the contractual language by these big box companies? Or what has to change? That's above my pay grade, man. Gotcha. I, I really don't know. I, I would guess that's more of a legal thing. Brandon, what do you think? I mean, as someone – you know, like, we we joke, right? We, we're no longer snow contractors. We are – yeah, you know, we're insurance carriers for yeah. a lot of these properties mm -hmm. now due to the language, and I, I it has to change. You know, like in you know, and Ryan would know more. But if 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 it's becoming harder and harder for us to get insurance, or the price is going to keep climbing and keep climbing, eventually guys are either just going to leave. Hey, yep. I'm done with this industry. I'm out. Yep. Or you know, we're going to keep paying the premiums. The price, you know, the cost has to go somewhere, right? And we can't just right. keep eating it in our in, internally. 
in our businesses, it just doesn't work that way. So, so, and that's a question that I have too, is well, what are you guys seeing? Are, are you guys seeing people walk away from these contracts? Because clearly, clearly people, it seems like are at least stepping up and taking them. You know what I mean? Like clearly there's, there's a market for people to take the work, you know? Yeah. Uh, they do take them. Though is education on this language, so there's a lot of guys, yeah. and, and it's nothing against you know. Obviously, been in business along. All, all of us have been in business long enough to know, you know, what this language means and what it actually means. You know, a lot of people are just going to look at a contract. They're going to, hey, this, you know, so and so is going to pay me X amount, you know, for the season. They're not really going to look at the the legal side of it. You know, mo- hopefully most right. of them do. Hopefully they send it to someone to look over before they sign it. Right. But a lot of people just don't truly understand. Like I talked about in that previous podcast, you know, they may find that, you know, we weren't negligent. But due to the contractual language, I am now going to fight the legal battle of the client side. Yeah, it's yours. You know, That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's absolutely ridiculous. And no one's going to – no one thinks of it that way though, right? They're mm-hmm. just going to be like, hey, I was found not negligent. Mm-hmm. It, it's done, right? It's, it's over. But it, and then – then you get the wrap around, and you're like, "Oh, okay. Well, I'm 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 still going to be fighting this no matter what happens." Yeah, is yeah. that what you find, Jeremy? Yeah, it's definitely what seems to be the ticket everybody's doing. You know, it seems like you're always going to wrapped up in all these things one way or another. So yeah, they just they want to push it off on the lowest guy on the totem pole. Let's just right. keep pushing the risk, keep pushing the cost on the lowest guy. Everything that, goes to the snow guys. You know, it seems like I don't know. It just seems like we always get the brunt of everything. Everything wraps around back to us. And, mm-hmm. You know, there's there's states that have passed, you know, legislation against, you know, the, the contractual language being pushed off onto um, service providers. And yet, you know, you still hear very little, you know, how much that affected the business, right? Did that allow them to, you know, go after the Walmarts and the bigger box retail and say, hey, you know what, now I can, I can play in the game? Or, you know, is it still a battle of, you know, Obviously, there's still going to be some sort, you know, they're, they're always going to come after you for something, um, you know, that there's a reason that they're as big as they are and they don't want to pay either, right? They want to push off the claim to someone else's responsibility. Um, but, you know, I'd love to, you know, talk to someone in, you know, Illinois or, you know, the other states that ACA has passed that legislation that has changed that contractual language obligation and see if it's made a difference in terms of one cost in insurance. Maybe, maybe it has. I, I don't know. It, um, yeah, I, I don't know, because I think, at least from my perspective, it, insurance carriers, a lot of them anyway, generally speaking, they're going to kind of run off their loss ratios and analytics and expected kind of claims, so to speak. So I think when they start seeing the claims go down over the course of time, you know, again, this is just me speaking, I'm not speaking for the carriers, but that, then I think that will drive the claims down. I don't know that you're going to see just an immediate re- immediate relief, in my opinion, on rates just because legality has changed. You know, if that means over a course of time, if they see their snow and ice removal book, which people <laughs> typically are running away from, is running much more profitably, you know, then I could see that kind of opening it up and, you know, rates kind of I don't want to say going down, but becoming more stable, frankly. I was going to say, nobody's can't, lowering their price. Yeah, right. can't, <laughs> say, can't say that word. Can't say that word. really careful what I say here. Yeah. <laughs> well, can pay it, so why would it go down? Well, it's just yeah. like equipment. Exactly. And yeah. it's, just, it's really challenging, you know, as a broker, because I have to go out to, you know, X client and say, hey, dude, here's your renewal. It's up 40 points or 50 points. You know what I mean? It, and it's just like, oh, and then, you know, depending on how big you are, umbrella capacity or like basically building, we call it a tower, but 
building the amount of uh, liability limits you need, that's becoming more and more challenging in the marketplace too, just because people are scared to death of, um, you know, big slip and falls. And then, you know, you guys have typically uh, a large fleet of equipment, which is super expensive that, and like, I think with inflation, you know, the cost of equipment is only going up. I, you know, I look at some of the um, Inland Marine it's called, but IM schedules I have. And I just look at the values of some of the equipment you guys have. And I go just like, holy shit, like, yep. oh my God. And then vehicles uh, like a, like a 550 now costs a hundred grand or like a hundred, you know, I'm guessing in New York, it's probably more. I can't even imagine, <laughs> yeah. but you know. 3,500 was just 87 grand for one step above a rubber floor work truck. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying feel bad for the carriers, but you know, they got to make money too. And you look at these, these line items, you know, your auto and then your inland Marine and these items are super expensive and you guys are working in really, really tough conditions. You know, you're not like me, some insurance dork sitting in a, you know, either working from home or an office or something, or, you know, out making cold calls or, or something like that. So, I mean, it's like work, you know, working from home, you just sit in a loader or a machine, but. Right. It's just, you're out, you know, at night, like, or in early in the morning or whatever it is and 30 hours, you know, you're traveling and you know, you're, it's snowy, it, it's ice. And so, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a challenging marketplace for you guys. So, so would you oh, say the, that this culture in America, the last 10, 15 years of frivolous lawsuits is, uh, <sighs> driving the cost way up for everybody. Yeah, for be. sure. It's got to Yeah, it has got to be. I think we're doing, I think in an industry, we're doing a better job than we've ever done, no matter what contract. Absolutely. But, but I think all the well, claims are We've been forced are, to, right? I yeah, mean, we've been exactly. forced to document up the gazoo, the yep. pictures, but, the yeah, over-service. Too is the documentation piece. I don't know if I talked about this, but uh, the meteorology, um, you know, tracking your, again, the vehicles, the equipment, all that stuff, you know, it's important stuff, but, you know, unfortunately, I think contractually speaking, again, just in my experience with some of the, you know, XYZ retailers, it's, it's almost like it doesn't matter, you know, not, not all the time, but it's just, it's really challenging. They just push it down in again, from my experience. So, yeah, like you just said, all that tracking, everything, that's all costing us more money too. Right. Yeah, for sure. That's beside the point. I mean, that's, for cameras or dash cams yep. or you know everything yep. and anything it's, it costs us a ton of money up front for sure it, and it's i think again to go back to the original question which was like how do you kind of get the best result in the insurance marketplace and and i think today you have to differentiate yourself so you and again that requires financial investment on your end but you know if 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 i can tell the underwriter hey this is a good risk they care they invest in safety they invest in asset tracking, they invest in cameras for their vehicles. You know, that's that's all good stuff. It, it makes it more attractive to the underwriter. If, if I go to the underwriter and I say, hey, they haven't up updated their safety handbook in 30 years, they don't do anything and they don't give a shit. The underwriter is like, dude, you know, no. You know what I mean? Like, or don't have one. <laughs> right. Don't have one yeah. at all, you know? There are guys uh, out there doing it, you know? Yeah, so again, like I think painting the best picture of your business and then like investing in safety is a big deal because you have one really big claim. And for those of you that have dealt with work comp, it's experience rated and, and you see how much one big claim over the course of the next three years with how it impacts your experience mod, like what the cost can do to you, you know, and that's just one line item. So yeah. See, and I think it's funny that you brought up uh, the frivolous lawsuit part because that's the second legislation that was going around 
um, through a, I believe through ASCA when, you know, you have the, the contract language, but then there was the frivolous side, you know, like we talked about before, like our insurance carrier, a lot of the times they're just going to pay out X amount, right. They're not even going to try to fight it. Just yeah. the number yeah. out to it, right. Mm -hmm. Well, the second legislature under my understanding, like I think Colorado has it, but it's supposed to prevent, you know, people from doing the frivolous side of it. Like you, you need, you know, it has to be an actual accident. It can't just be, Hey, I, I looked online and here's my 10 steps of how to make 10 grand. Um, yeah. you know, Jeez. all of that stuff, it's but there. there's two of them out there, right? <laughs> yeah. So there's two legislations that are out there. And I think that's where us as, as snow contractors, whether it's going against your, you know, your state legislator to see if these things are going to be proposed yet in your state, if you're a snow state, um, whether it's getting on the backs of ASCA to fight it, whether it's SEMA, I mean, we pay a yeah. lot of money to join these organizations and become certified professionals in our, in our industry. And yet, you know, we're the ones that are, are getting crippled. Yeah, it would be nice if they uh, could take the fight up, you know, somewhere. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's tough. It, it really – I mean, do you find, Ryan, that the insurance companies just don't want to even fight anything? They'd just rather pay, you know, oh, it's going to cost us 20 grand in legal fees to fight it. Let's exactly. just pay them 10 grand, make them go away, and we'll transfer that to Steve and Jeremy and, you know, Brandon. <laughs> Typically, yes. So typically, yes, I would say in general, yes. There it is. Gotcha. There it is. Legal, legal costs a lot of money. And that's not, that. That's just a very broad generalization. When carriers, yeah, and I understand that. I understand. Right? There are some times where absolutely they will fight, but I would say really broad generalization. And, you know, I'm kind of stepping into a claims aspect, which is really outside of what I do. I'm more of a, on the broker end, but but typically, yes, I would say avoiding legal costs, like long, expensive legal, it just makes claims more expensive for the carrier. Yeah. So, no, it's, and I understand that. It's just like if if you could tell them, like, there is absolutely no way. We have photos of this lot, you know, right. 10 minutes before, you know, right. the conditions. We have the temperature, the pavement temperature. There's no way this happened like they said it did. You fight this and they won't fight it. They just rather, you know, give them five That's, grand, make them go yes. away. Yeah, but so it comes back to the contract again, you know what I mean? And the indemnity requirements then, and which is which is really challenging. So It's funny because that's literally what we just talked about last Friday at lunch was that whole that, that whole conversation of being like, we want to fight, right? We want a precedent in the courts to yeah. say, hey, look at this yeah. went there. And and he's right. Like, they're you know, they're not going to yeah. take on that risk because they could lose, right? And then what the hell am I documenting all this shit for if nobody's going to use it? <laughs> you know, like, right. seriously, right. what am I right. taking yeah. photos? What am I then, taking payment temperatures? Then you get a ding. You get no, dinged on your fucking insurance. You get a ding. Yeah, you get a ding I on your insurance. So hard, so. Right? Like, obviously, yeah. when the contractual part, like, as if I document up, you know, the weather reports, the pictures, the timestamps, all of that stuff, if we build that picture, and it, let's say they find ourselves, you know, not negligent, right? And then they push it off and they're going after the client side. Well, they're going to see that it was one pushed off by our claims unit. So then, okay, yes, we're going to fight the legal side of the of our client, but they're also going to be going, well, if it was pushed off on this side, you know, I'm not saying it's perfect and it might not work every time, but I feel like it gives the documentation that we have still helps when we're fighting the other side. I, I would agree. Yeah. I think well, also, I think just presenting that you actually do document stuff to the marketplace. I, I think that's going to help you more than it hurts you. So, yeah, no, absolutely. I'm just, yeah. uh, it's frustrating sometimes when, you know, I hear guys that I know do the right thing and they are going above and beyond documenting everything down to, you know, pavement temperature, being air temperature, right. every 20 minutes it's taking a reading and right. these guys are still unable to fight stuff because the insurance companies are just like, no, nope, pay them. And then it's a ding on you. 
Right. And I would imagine it forces you guys to put more effort in, not that you're not putting effort in, but put additional effort into how much service you provide. Additional money, additional right. money spent, yeah, additional not, time yeah, spent. Right. Oh, sure. Yeah, it goes over. If I'm and I sign something with a wanted sugar, I'm going to be servicing under that wanted sugar for right. the fear of, right. you right. know. Absolutely. You know, like so you're, you're basically, you know, there's contracts out there that say, hey, two-inch trigger. You think, great, okay, it's, you know, it's a little bit cheaper for the client. But then realistically, you know, with the contract language, you're still at a zero tolerance in your – it, it, depending on how you want to fight your battle, right? If you Absolutely. want to prevent the best claim or, you know, prevent the claims and you want to keep, keep a, you know, cl a free, clear snow and ice environment through snow, you have to under service, you know, that trigger amount to keep it that way. Mm -hmm. And that's where they, you know, they know it, right. They know that they picked that trigger amount for a reason yep. to get um, the place here. And then yeah. they'll get that extra service for and they'll get the extra service we're, to get we're it for nothing. It's losing yeah. our business. Exactly, exactly. And we're doing all this shit extra and we're being forced to do it all extra. Our costs are going through the roof across the board and insurance is going through the roof and the customer doesn't want to pay. You know, like we were talking a couple shows ago, you take the last three years since COVID hit, our costs are like on an average up 30%, yeah. if not oh. more yeah. across yeah. the board, maybe closer to 40 or so mm -hmm. on everything we do and use. No, I don't know anybody that can walk into a bid meeting and say, hey, guess yeah. what? I know I've been with you for 10 years, but guess what? You're fucking up 40% this year. Yeah, they're going right. to laugh at you and you're going to walk out of there. No contract. <laughs> and the guy with the rusted out pickup truck and maybe commercial auto is going to get it. Right. <laughs> you right. Know? right. Maybe. Oh, my God. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, that's funny. But yeah. It's, it's true. Funny. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, man. Man. Jeremy, what do you find out there in Fargo? Like, what what, what would you want to know about the uh, the insurance game? I mean, I, I know you guys are pretty airtight out there, but you got any questions for Ryan? No, I mean, it's he's pretty much knocking it. They're saying everything that's going on here. I mean, it's the same. It's the same thing everywhere. I mean, there's yep. no, there's no difference between Fargo and New York or anywhere. It's the same thing where insurance rates are going up or miles. But and everything's falling back on the snow guy, you know. It's Absolutely, just, it's all coming. Yeah, us. My shoulders are tired. <laughs> yeah, carrying <laughs> all that weight. Well, you know, I think. I mean, what I try and advise some clients, and sometimes it's not a huge premium impact per se, but with some of these slip and falls, I, I would say for you guys, the the scariest risk, I would say aside from auto, is obviously the the GL or the general liability. What I advise a lot of my clients do is more of a risk management tool, but it typically also helps with rate per se, but take on a GL deductible. I, I see a lot of companies that don't know you can do that. Yeah, we do. And essentially you can mask the small claims. And when I say mask, you essentially pay for them. So deductible, yep. your carrier will defend you, they'll pay it and they'll bill you back. But for me, what I'd advise you guys to potentially consider is to look at a GL deductible to one, kind of keep rates in check when it's a super volatile market, but you're essentially masking a lot of small claims. So, you know, I would look at the premium spend, like kind of work with your agent, work with your broker and kind of find something that potentially makes sense because that's where the risk is, right? That's a great if point. You, if you <laughs> can mask great point. The small, if you can mask the small stuff, and I'd say go on the high side of reasonable for you guys, you know, 10 grand, 25 grand, you know, whatever it is. And that's, you know, that's more challenging, I would say, likely anyway, for the startup people, you know. Yeah, that's company dependent of what you can afford. Yeah, right. You, yeah. right. And, and I'm trying to make broad generalizations. Sure. I'm not trying to like. No, that's a great point. Anybody. 
Um, you know, because like a larger firm, they might re like really big firms might retain hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? Depending on how big it is, you know, I think it scales versus like how big you are, where you are. There's a lot of factors, right? But I think one area that I do is kind of use your deductibles in, in your favor, so to speak. And yeah. So awesome. in your experience, you know, what are you seeing in five to 10 years for, for this, you know, on the insurance side for us as a, as a snow contractor, are we, I see a lot of snow on parking lots because we're going to be out. <laughs> you guys are I mean, really. It's the, I would say the standard market is is already really thin, meaning there's not a lot of carriers in what we call the standard market. So like, um, and then there's what we call ENS or excess and surplus lines. It's man, it's hard to quantify. It's not always like double or triple per se, but it is typically more expensive than than what. Um, than what a standard market would be. And where I see this going, there are other industries that I think are, it's just high hazard. And so like abatement, trucking, uh, sprinkler or contractors are like water sprinkler contractors. Again, it's kind of high hazard stuff. It's a very, very small market. So, you know, in my opinion, that's where I kind of see it going. I see it continuing to remain expensive because, you know, if, if your lot, again, it's loss ratio dependent. And when your loss ratio on an account exceeds what you're paying in or is negative, you know, good, I'd say good risk operates around 30% loss ratio. That's typically target 30 to 40%. But when you're operating at hundred, 200%, you know, rates are just going to continue going up. Um, oh, it'd, we be know. Like you, it'd be like you guys taking on a, uh, you know, a property and, you know, for every dollar you take in, you pay out two, you know, and, and cost on it, you know? And so that's what I foresee. I see the market continue to get more and more challenging. And the problem you have, I, I don't know about these guys. These guys are both a lot larger than, uh, than my company is, but I know I walk into a, a, a bid meeting and they look at some of my numbers because I'll give them the numbers here. Here's what, why your number is so high. And I'll give them the insurance cost, And they're like, well, we got these two bids and these guys, you know, we're nowhere near that compare apples to apples. Let's right. go. Let's sit down with their insurance paperwork and you show me that they have the same level of insurance that we do, you know? Right. And that's, mm -hmm. I think a lot of it comes from that where guys are doing business on just, you know, straight commercial auto and maybe hopefully a little GL <laughs> policy or something. Right. And, right. You know, it's, it's scary, but I, we have a friend in Canada that we talked to and he has a larger company up in Vancouver he said his insurance rates have doubled Oof. every year for five years. Yeah. That's a lot of doubling. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> That's a lot of, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a lot of long, money. Yeah. And, and he's and not I, a small company. Yeah. It, it typically from my experience. So like um, if I were to compare you to another industry and in, like artisan trades or something like that, like plumbing, electrical, that type of stuff, the spend, I would say per scale for what you guys, just from my experience again, but you know, a $10 million revenue electrician versus a $10 million, you no know, purely snow and ice or like facility services, their insurance costs are a lot higher, like a lot higher. And it's just due to the risk, you know? So um, again, from my experience, but yeah. So I think again, going back to the original question, I, I think as an op owner operator, I think you got to know what you're getting into. Um, I would talk to an insurance professional about, Hey, what am I looking at for costs? Just cause yeah. I, I mean, even with experienced people, you know, depending on the claims and, and the type of customers you're getting the, um, 
the insurance marketplace is just tough for you guys. And, and it's challenging to, to find a program and put something together. So not always. I had a, I had a question from uh, one of our listeners, uh, Great Lakes Snow. He wanted to know, can you do snow policies per month versus per year? Uh, he wanted to know how that lays out. He says he, he heard that you can do policies per month versus per year. Is that po- is that true? Does it does he mean like the lie? I guess I would have to talk to him. Does he mean like the the whole package, like the liability and the work comp? Because typically that's probably an, that that's typically on an annualized basis. Uh, running year to year, you know, typically you'll have what we call an X date or an expiration date. Um, you'll typically run off that. You can do monthly reporting for payroll on work comp with some carriers, meaning that, um, you know, you'll report the payroll each month in the, in the designated codes and you'll pay a, you know, a price that's different per month. Um, you know, I would say the folks that are more in the landscaping space really like this, obviously, because, you know, summer's really, you know, heavy heavy and then winter isn't um you know it's probably the opposite you know for some companies here that are listening to this but so there's that um but most most insurance programs run on an annualized basis you get billed monthly depending on how much you pay but yeah the other question that uh one of our listeners had i you covered part of it because you 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 covered how they figure out what your premiums are going to be but this is actually a good point is it based on you the insured, the loss, or is it based on the loss they've seen across the industry? Both. So they're going to look at the industry, but they're going to look at your account. So if you're a new business, that's a little bit harder. If you're an existing business, they're going to pull what are called loss runs. They're going to look at obviously the exposure basis. So they're going to look at your, you know, typically it's payroll that they're going to rate the GL and the comp off of. It might be different, but yeah, they'll look at the they'll look at the exposure basis. So the the sales and payroll. They're going to look at the fleet. They're going to look at the equipment schedule. They're going to look at the properties. Uh, you know, the work comp basis. You know, what do you guys need for um, a liability or excess tower? And they're going to look at kind of how much meat is there, and they're going to look at the claims. How is this thing performed? And then they're going to price it accordingly. Okay. Yeah. So we had Jeremy. You got any other questions? I had one that come across that was kind of oh, interesting Brandon. kind of thought process because they were like, well, hey, you know, they wanted me to ask you a lot of times if I put tracking in my truck and a dash cam in there, you know, that can help my my rates for sure know, for, for the vehicle safety. Now, would that same kind of thing help if I put cameras on every single one of my properties and could have a visualized perspective of that property at all times or does it really not affect it as more of just a protection when a claim would happen or just like the, would they see that as like, Whoa, wow, this guy is, you know, he's protecting himself. He's, you know, giving himself basically turning that property that you service into like a super max federal prison type deal where you're under (laughs) surveillance at every second. You have to, you know, you have, that's the question. I don't see how it would hurt. You know, obviously I think you have to check with the property owner or the customer to see if, if that would be viable. Right. But yeah, again, depending on the contractual basis, my thought is, you know, that probably wouldn't hurt, you know, to have some camera footage as to what's going on. And all right. Yeah. Sweet. Jay, you got anything else? Sorry. No, it's okay. He's gearing up for a big storm here. Multitasking. Yeah, we had such nice weather here the last couple of days, and then it just came down. It's such a bummer. It's beautiful I mean, here today. I it's just, 60-something in New York. 
Oh my goodness. Wow. We're on the rain side of Jeremy's snow right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I was just, I mean, obviously, like you said, the more information, the better, more pictures, more cameras, you know, we spend all the money on all that stuff. I mean, everybody wants us all to do that, but does that really, is it really going to help you that much? You believe? I mean, obviously it should, but that's, I mean, that's just a, it's a pretty big cost to equip all Huge, this stuff for, for sure. cameras. Yeah. And, Huge. For sure. And, you know, and that's just, again, that's kind of the the bulk of the problem, right? Is the the liability or the slip and fall. But you know, auto is a big deal too. You know, and that's not really like as impacted as much, I would say, on the contractual basis. That's more the liability or the slip and fall risk. But auto is a huge piece of it too. And carriers in general have been losing money in auto for the last oh, I don't know, five, ten years. I'll say five, just to be conservative. That those costs have gone up, and you know the cost of claims has gone up tremendously in those space in that space. So um, from the camera aspect, I'm I'm me personally in my experience, I'm a I'm a big advocate for that dash so, cameras, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think they're great, honestly. Yeah, there's yeah. I love hear, to have them and everything. I just I don't, yeah, I don't know. If I I either do hear from owners from owner operators that are like, "Yep, I'm all for." <clears throat> Absolutely not. Typically, in my experience, there's never been a, there's never like a, maybe I'll consider it. It's either like yes or no. So no, never kind of thing. So it's like, it's like Jeremy said, it's a big added cost, right? It, yeah. You know, if you, you know, I think I talked about in the last one, but if you have a smaller fleet and you start small, right. it doesn't seem as bad, but yeah, it doesn't seem as bad. That, you know, 50 loaders that you're going to try to put dash cams into, I mean, okay, well, there's a monthly fee, there's a purchase fee, right. there's, you know, there's a lot of things that are going into that. Yeah. Huge. Like, okay, am I buying cutting edges this month or am I buying tracking for my machine? Which one right. is going to be more beneficial? The one that scrapes the payment or the one that Yeah, exactly. Me? And everybody wants right. you to keep your costs down, but, you know, all these things have to be transferred to, to the end user, Somebody's you know, favorite, the customer. Yeah. So, all right. All right. Well, Ryan, I think we're going to cut it there. Thank you so much for coming on with us. And if you don't mind, we'd love to have you back sometime as we, uh, you know, as we develop this situation, basically, uh, I, I know after this, we're going to get a lot of questions in the future and uh, we'll put them all together for you. If you wouldn't mind coming back on with us, because very well spoken. You gave us a lot of great info and we really appreciate it. Of course. Yeah. Thanks again for having me, guys. Yeah. Thank no you. problem. No snuggie. Brandon. No yeah. snuggie. I'm very disappointed. No, there's yeah, no well, snuggie. Yeah. Kind of early in the early well, in the day. Earlier than 9:30. Okay. <laughs> no snuggie. No mood lighting. This is. I do like the LADC hockey jersey though. Maybe I do like that. Snuggie next time. Yeah. All right. Oh, that's great. All right, guys. Well, that's going to be all. We're going to wrap episode six of the Dustings here. We want to thank Ryan Steele from Marsh McLennan, and as always, Brandon from LADC for joining us. Uh, we're going to let Jeremy get to his snowstorm here. Good luck, brother. Be safe luck, out there. Yeah. Thanks for having and, uh, us. Yeah, everybody uh, have a uh, happy Easter, and we'll see you all Monday. Keep pushing.